This is Liz Reed. This is my podcast called Liz Life Guru. I'm a practicing therapist here in Michigan. This show will focus on addiction, mental health issues from beginning to end. I am also in recovery for the past 20 years and I have plenty of topics that can help you from A to Z. So let's get started. Gina, great to see you. Good to see you. Good to be here. I have a great topic today. Another great topic. Being an estranged parent, as opposed to being an estranged child from your parent, okay? Meaning you're coming from a toxic family relationship and you decide not to talk to your parents, or what if you're a good parent and your kid doesn't want to talk to you? So it's an estrangement, as any other estrangement, but the child has decided to separate from their parents without any kind of trauma, toxicity, abuse, or anything like that. It's just kind of a decision they made and walked away for various reasons. And estrangements are complicated because it's from different perspectives. You have the perspective of the child, you have the perspective of the parent, Mm -hmm. you have different perspectives as to why the estrangement has happened. Yep. Absolutely. And getting to the bottom of it can be very complicated, very complicated because everybody has their own point of view and their own understanding. But let me just point this out. 65 million Americans, seven out of 10 adults are estranged from a family member, 40% of them from their child. That would seem wild. That seems high. I know, but it's the truth. I deal with that every day. A lot of parents may just not be bad parents and their kids have decided to step away for various reasons. Now, I'm going to put an addendum up here. This is happening to my husband and I currently. My stepdaughter is estranged from us at her choice. We do not know what we've done. We have no idea. And I'm a therapist, okay? We, we rumble this over in our head a thousand times. A lot of different circumstances led to this. We believe that it was her self-preservation mode is what led her to do this with her new baby and her boyfriend and so forth. So we were the natural scapegoats. That's what we're kind of thinking. And let me just add, yes, I am her stepmother. I did not give birth to her, but I did raise that little asshole from the time she was seven years old. Okay. So don't anybody tell me that I can't say shit because she's not my child. She is my kid and nobody can say anything different, right? I raised her with her father. Her mother was a severe drug addict, and so she was with us most of the time. But so I just think it's horrible when people say, oh, you're the stepmom, so how would you know? You must have done something wrong. How about if I didn't, right? How about if we didn't do anything wrong? That's a weird concept. This is a TikTok I did that went viral. I had like 250,000 uh, likes on this, but I also had a bunch of other people that came from families where they were sexually abused and traumatized, young women saying, how can you say this? You know, my mother did this and that to me. No, no, no. Those are two separate subjects. We're talking about that's an entirely different, horrible dynamic. This is an entirely different situation where your child just decides to disconnect and doesn't want any part of their family. Are there typically warning signs or you see something going, see something happening where, where the disconnect is happening? Well, yeah. Yeah, there were, I could see it coming. I could see little bits and pieces. I remember one day because my husband comes from a very volatile family. His mother is very volatile, very active at 88. She might as well be 29 because she is on that phone and giving everybody our time. Um, they were all home visiting and I remember her, my stepdaughter saying to me, one day nobody's just going to see me again. 
And I was like, you're not talking about your dad and I, you know, and mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, you know, I, I was like, what, what, what's going on here? That I, I mean, that was really strange for me. Uh, we've always encouraged therapy for her, but she wasn't really into getting therapy and she didn't have the money and so forth. And then it just kind of progressed. Like she started dating someone she had a, she got divorced. She kind of got hooked up with a guy. He was a nice guy. We really liked him. But then all of a sudden, I think he was going to ask her to move out or something. Maybe we don't even know what was really going on. And the next thing you know, we were accused of mentally abusing her as a child. And when we were asking, what are, whoa, what the hell's going on here? Where's this coming from? And what are the details? She had none. She had none. So she was looking to blame somebody for her unhappiness? Yes. And she has a lot of trauma in her past from her mother's addiction. And, right. you know, a lot, so much went on. I can't even get into it all. So there were so many things. But So was that pretty, pretty common that when children are looking to distance themselves from their parents, they yeah. blame them yeah. for something? It's helpful for them. So they're reframing. Yeah. They're reframing an an in event mm -hmm. or their life or mm -hmm. or events mm -hmm. does that and that helps them make the break yes and it and sometimes it's for self preservation it usually involves a partner that they have with them so i'm working with i've worked with several women whose children have decided to cut them off because of their partner all right there's a lady I'm working with now that is beside herself because she loves her son so much and her grandchildren and she can't see any of them because the daughter-in-law doesn't like her. And in order to save his marriage, he just really disconnects from the mom. And when, when the mother, when the mother gets, talk, talks to him, when she does get a chance to talk to him and she voices how she feels and her sadness, he just says, here you go again, starting all of this. No wonder, you know, they don't want to talk to you. I, you know, you're always starting drama, that kind of thing. So even your sadness is frowned upon as being this burden that you're pushing on everybody. And so it can be a survival mechanism for the child and they're taking it out on the wrong people, but they need somebody to take it out on. Mm -hmm. Or it can be, as we said, the whole other aspect. If you grew up in a family that was very toxic and not healthy for you. But needless to say, this is very hard for a parent who knows that they did the best they could with what they had. You know, the father and the mother, the stepmother in this case, right? We did the best we could with what we had. We thought we had a beautiful little life together and then all of a sudden it came to an end. So that's like gut-wrenchingly shattering, right? I remember crying myself to, you know, to death. I mean, I was like, I can't cry another tear. I am so sick. You know, I can't do this. And my husband, he's a lot stronger than I am in that respect. He can cut off his emotions. He's like, this is her choice. She, we are both on the chopping block. She decided to do this when she got pregnant and she doesn't want yeah, us in her life and that's the way it is and it's only under her circumstances and, um, you know, you need to buck up. So there's two avenues parents can do and that's one of them. Like, okay, that's it. That's her choice and everybody goes their separate ways. Mm -hmm. Can that be resolved mm -hmm. if they both work at it or if, the parents start working at it or does she have to work at it? How does that go about? Sure. And, you know, I want to take some responsibility because I do a lot of research in this, right, um, for both of us. Sometimes also that things that can be blamed is your interest in bettering that child, 
okay? In my case, she was coming from a very toxic household. It was like, this is how you become an empowered woman. This is how you get educated. This is what you do to be a better person. This is what you do to thrive in life. This is what you do in order to buy a home and things like that. And that's not what they wanted. Also, she was the only child, so very spoiled. Mm. So one of the one of the drawbacks of a, of a spoiled child is they expect everything for nothing. You don't have to put in much effort, right? Mm-hmm. My way of life, and my husband was spoiled as well because he was wealthy as a child. I wasn't. I was raised, you know, babysitting at nine and things like that. So my way of life of creating a life for yourself that, you know, you can take care of yourself and you're an empowered woman because that's who I am was not what she was looking for. She was looking for somebody to take care of her. So everything, my criticisms or my constructive criticisms, as I would say in my own mind, right, were probably pushing her away. And I didn't even realize it. You know, it doesn't have to be a barrage every day or something like that. But don't you think it would be a better idea if you did this? Or, you know, wouldn't it be a better idea if you use birth control? (laughs) (laughs) So when they are... Things like that. Right. So when children are stepping away from their parents, and if everybody just decides to go to their own separate corners and go about their business... Yeah. Then what happens? Well, it's a waiting game. It's a waiting game. Can you wait them out to return? You can. You can. Um, she's returned a few different times, but it was only when she needed something from me, especially because I'm the one she can count on the most, right? Um, helping getting finances together or, um, you know, different things that she might need. She, uh, you know, had problems with um, her fiance, was having anxiety issues. You know, I'm free. Ask me, I'll help you, you know, helping with psychiatrists and so forth. But then as soon as any of those episodes ended, it was over again. It was over again. So one of the things, you know, what are you going to do? You know, I've had patients say, I just can't take another second of any of this. I'm going over there and I'm going to beg. I want to see my grandchildren. Well, begging doesn't work. I mean... I've even done some of that, you know, like, like what is going on? I don't know what to do. I don't know what we've even done. Can you tell me they have no exacts? She has no exacts, some flaky, you know, things like we made her read too much, you know, I, you know, weird things like that. So when you're involved in a family dynamic like that and the children don't want to take responsibility, once again, like we were discussing denial, denying that there's a problem, then that means you don't have to do anything about it. Then, uh, and they're alienated from the family. So begging isn't going to help. It just makes you look weak and it just makes them hate you more because now you're making them feel all kinds of weird emotions, seeing their family, their parents breaking down like that and they feel responsible and they don't. That's just not a good outcome. Nothing good. They may say to you, okay, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. But that's usually not the best way to go. The best way to go is for them to be able to feel their feelings, decide what they want to do, maybe exit the relationship they're in or whatever they're going through and realize, you know, maybe I would like to reconnect with my parents on a certain level and talk to them you know, and find out what, you know, why we are where we are. One of the, you know, conflicts though in any of that is the grandchildren. What do you do about the grandchildren? You, what would you do? Would you still keep sending gifts to the kids and the parents? I think that I would because I'm not, I'm not having the, the relationship issue with the grandchild. 
Mm -hmm. I'm having the relationship with their mother or their father. And so I would want to keep the communication lines open between myself and that child. Okay. So what that is that means, the wrong? Is, is yes, that the wrong answer? So it's yeah. So answer. what that means right. is, but it's probably con- a very common answer. It is a very. It's common probably answer. what most people they, do. Yeah, they, they haven't done anything think, wrong. Right, the kids haven't done anything wrong, so I'm going to keep my relationship open with them. Mm-hmm. So what is happening here, and and it goes with the children as well, giving them gifts. You know, your children gifts at Christmas right. and stuff. So we don't talk ever, but I'm going to send you a Christmas gift and a birthday gift. All of that, including the children, is condoning this bad behavior, Mm. this incredibly bad behavior. You don't know what they're doing with the gifts. You don't know if they're even giving them the gifts. You don't know if they're throwing them out. I've heard all kinds of cases of just throwing them out, throwing them in the trash, giving them to the kids, claiming it as theirs, um, not acknowledging, uh, you know, but you are further acknowledging that it's your kid's bad behavior still deserves I love you in a birthday card or uh, sending money or any one of those things. If this is what you truly choose that you want, then we really truly need to disconnect and you need to work on you and I'll work on me and let's see if we can ever come together. I'm a firm believer that there's nothing we can do right now that you need to let them come to you. So as a parent, what's the first step you have to take to disconnect? Oh, and it's so hard is you have to cry a mountain of tears because it is like cutting out your soul, part of your body. It is the hardest thing in the world you will ever do. But understand that they are probably suffering as much as you are, even though they're not talking to you, but their own stubbornness and their need for survival and to blame it on somebody else is the only way they can stay alive. So today we're talking about parents who and children. Yes. So let's focus on then the parents. So after they've cried their tears, mm-hmm. what do they do next? Their child has stepped away. They don't know why, or they might know a little bit why, but they, you know, the child doesn't want to fix it. The child doesn't want to talk to them. The child. Mm -hmm. So what can the parent do after they've cried? Well, the parent is going to definitely with, with their estranged child, put that kind of like up on a shelf over off to the right that they can see and that they know, but you are in no position to keep reaching out. It makes you look desperate. It makes them pissed. They don't want to hear that. They don't want you fawning all over them. That's probably been part of the reason why. And I think uh, that's a a really important piece of information that you just said to a parent, to give them permission not to reach out, to step back. Okay, this is what they want, step back. Mm -hmm. Because we intrinsically as parents think, if I just do a little more, if I try a little harder, if I just say it this way, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. for you to say it again, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To step away. It's okay. And understand this is something they're going through. If you truly believe that you haven't done anything wrong, because, you know, we'll turn ourselves out. I even said that to my husband today. Do you think I did anything wrong? You know, this has been years, you know, and and he's like, Liz, for Christ's sakes, I was there with you. What do you mean? Stop it. You know, but ever so often you have a down day and you miss them. And I, you know, I see the kids here or there, if something pops up and, and it kills me, like she has a daughter we've never met. Mm-hmm. She's two now, I believe. And it's just gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching for both of us. I can only imagine how much worse it is for my husband, but he's stoic. He keeps it, you know, he keeps it to himself, you know. But it's the point is, is that let them feel their feelings. Let them do what they need to do. Let them reach out to you. And don't be stubborn. 
don't be stubborn. If they, I know if she reached out to me today and was like, mom, listen, because I was mom, then all of a sudden I was just like this woman. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I need some help with this or I need some help with that. You know, that doesn't mean that I can't say, Hey, Hey, okay. I haven't talked to you in a really long time. What, you know, what, where's this coming from or what's the deal? Where are we? Are you just in trouble or do you actually want to talk to me? You have a right to stand up for yourself. So you, so when they do come back and they most likely at some point and they may go right again, they may go again. Right. But you, you have to set some guidelines, some boundaries, you're, some you're, expectations. I, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying you don't have to set any boundaries, but you have the right to ask what the hell's going on, right? And that may push them away again. Absolutely. We just went through this Father's Day. Um, my stepdaughter texted me. I haven't talked to her in like a year, texted me and said, hey, hi, LOL. You know, this is so not funny to me, but I'm like, you could, but she's feeling awkward. I'd like to send dad something for Father's Day. And I said, well... I." okay, but this is really kind of, what's he need? I'm like, this is kind of strange. We haven't talked to you in like a year. It's like you're dead. I mean, <laughs> this is very, you know, I think your father would more enjoy talking to you if you could give him a call. And all she wrote back was, I knew I never should have texted you. Wasn't what she wanted to hear. No. She wanted to hear he needed a new shirt or some shoes. Or she, she wanted something. to hear me begging, you know, oh, right. oh God, are you okay? Come, you know, please, what can I do? But that's not going to help the situation. She has to understand what she's done wrong. I need to understand what I've done wrong. We, Whatever it might be, we have to come to a compromise, but everybody has to be open. And I've mentioned she's in therapy, supposedly in therapy. I'm hoping she's in therapy. I've always wanted her to get some therapy. I would love to be active in her therapy, and so would her father, to help work all of this out. But I don't think that's where this is going. I think this is a survival mode for her and for many kids. And I think it's interesting that you share this today because all too often we talk about issues, we talk about subjects and topics, Yeah. but it's good for our listeners to know that some of the things that we actually talk about on this show, we have experienced or are experiencing ourselves. Oh, absolutely. So some of the information that you share is from your your training as a mm-hmm. psychotherapist, but then some is is your experiences as a parent. Absolutely. That you've shared this. Absolutely. Girl, I'll tell you what, I, when I say I've been there, done that, that's why I'm in this business. Right. I've been through the gamut. I have a million different things so that I'll never run out of topics. <laughs> There's always something that has affected my life in some way or one of my patients. And anybody who feels, listen, I used to say this to my daughter and I say this to my patients all the time. If you think I know, if you think you're the best mother in the world, you are until you meet the next woman who says she's the best mother in the world and she's doing it right and you're doing it wrong, right? Exactly. We're all doing our best. For the children who are listening today who have become estranged from their parents and yeah. they've chosen to, what, how, and they, they're listening and this resonates with them and they mm-hmm. think, I want to reach out, I want to contact, I want to get back together, mm-hmm. I want to repair the damage. Sure. What, how do they begin? Reach just, you know, in the world of texting and voicemails and, you know, secret voicemails you can leave and everything else and emails, just send out something because I'm telling you what, your parents love you. They want to be with you. This is non-toxic relationships. Remember that. They love you. They want you in their life. As my husband said one day that took me to my knees, he said it was just the three of us. It was a small family, but it was our family. Certainly. That chokes me up. Right. (laughs) It was our family. So if they reach out, 
the parents will happily take their text. And it doesn't yes. mean that they're not going to want some answers. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's worth it's worth for it. For sure. This it's, is a gut-wrenching topic for anybody who has loved a child and lost mm -hmm. them for a reason they don't even know. So if anybody wants to extend a hand and create a new relationship, trust me, your parents are waiting for you. Thank you for bringing this to all of our attention today and sharing your experiences. As always, there's many resources available through Psychology yeah. Today, and a good counselor will help you on both sides of the topic, whether Absolutely. you're the parent or the child. Absolutely, and the Google monster. Google it. It's all over the place. Thank you, Gina, for helping me with a very sad time. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified mental health professional.